Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, for more information on Michael, myself, or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, April the 21st, 2016. And our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. I know yesterday afternoon, um, when we did the show, it cut off. We ran out of time while Dr. Androcki was still talking. So maybe later in this show, he will call back, and we'll be able to... uh, get the rest of his thoughts on that. But first, let's welcome Michael. Michael, are you there? I am. Thank you, dear heart. I thought you were going to introduce our caller. Well, I can do that. We, um, I was looking on Facebook earlier today, and Maureen were connected on Facebook, and she had posted a poem and absolutely touched my heart. Michael and I were sitting out in the sun, and I was reading it, and we were both crying. And so I asked her if she would call in and read it to start the show out. So, Maureen, welcome to the show, and thank you for posting that. It really um, touched home, I think, for a lot of people. Um, oh, uh, thank you. So if you would, go um, go ahead and read it. I think it explains exactly where it came from within you, and you can see a tremendous shift in the poem. So if you wouldn't mind, just go for it. It's all yours. Reen, we appreciate you being out there doing the work, doing your work, bringing it forward the way you are in the world. And my comment, as Jeannie read that to me, and uh, we agreed that if you weren't available to read it, we'd each read it. And if... um, if there was a line that she couldn't get through, I would read it. And if there was a line I couldn't get through, she would read it. So, and, and my comment, my thought was there's the movement, you know, it's such a, a, just a powerful, simple demonstration. In fact, I'd like to put it in a new version of my book, uh, a powerful statement of moving from carbon-based memory in the past to the mind of Christ. You know what the world, what the ancient teachings called the mind of Christ, the mind of love is just, it's such a powerful example and so profound. So thank you. Uh, uh, thank you. I it kind of feel like it was written through me, if that makes sense. I understand. Absolutely. I understand that 100%. Okay. Um, uh, breathing. Revisiting. We're breathing with you. Yeah, thank you. Revisiting junior high, I walked these halls once. You may not have known. I could hear you call me ugly. I was not deaf, and you were right behind me. I walked these halls once. You may not have known. I could hear you call me stupid. I didn't speak too clearly. I walked these halls once. I felt hurt at hearing these things. I wanted to disappear. I did not feel safe being seen or heard. I walked these halls once. I felt deep shame. I felt I was nothing. I felt worthless. Oh, I got pages stuck together. I walked these halls once. I dragged myself out of bed. 
what torture it was to come here every day, even though, even though I learned love to learn. I I walked these halls once, shutting my heart behind a wall, cutting off any flow of love in in order to keep her out. I walked these halls once. I numbed myself to feeling. I built a fortress of fear to protect my sensitive heart. I walked these halls once. I believed that if I could be perfect and please everyone, then maybe I could earn the right to exist. Since then, I lost a good friend. My heart felt shattered. I prayed out for help. I felt a presence and an inner voice said, you are whole. Now I walk these halls. I own my story and I own my pain. I own my shame and my rejection. I surrender to the presence. Now I walk these halls. I see how I saw acceptance and belonging. I breathe in deep I breathe deeply in and breathing out I let go and release my desire for your approval. Now I walk these halls. I remember the truth. I was born as love and joy. My heart always has always been and will always be whole. Now I walk these halls. I give myself my own acceptance and approval. I step into my power and I let my light shine on. I dare to dare greatly and rise strong. Now I walk in the knowledge. I am always enough. I am always worthy. I am always loved. Wow. It amazes me that you could read that. Um, I don't think I'm in my own power right now to tell you the truth. Well, it sounds like it to me, and uh, it's it's just so touching. And you know, it's what what comes to mind. What touches me most about what you wrote there is the number of child suicides as a result of that kind of ignorance in school systems and bringing groups of kids together can be so cruel mm-hmm. and that um, that you lived through it you picked up your the tools you did your work and and you opened to a whole other world and and then what touches my heart on a whole other level is you're giving that to your children in a, such a powerful way and that is to me it's like such a gift to the world you know there's a, a powerful line in the Course in Miracles that says the work you do will touch millions yet unborn I've, I, I hope so that, I mean if, if this poem just helps touch one child and helps them change their mind in that moment you know then it, it's worth the vulnerability uh, of expressing it. Well, it's a powerful gift, and I thank you for it. Uh, Thank you for helping me open up this space. Delighted to be on the team. Delighted to have you on ours. And, you know, it's just, it's it's an example of... um, why we've been doing what we've been doing for so long and choose to continue to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Actually, I haven't been able to find, I've got so many different messaging systems on my phone. I haven't been able to find the message that I got from another young lady yesterday who uh, shared with me that she's a teacher in a school system and is reprint has reprinted the commitment and giving it to her whole classroom and that her friend, who together they discovered the commitment and read it to each other every day, uh, was riding around UC Davis on his bicycle, handing out copies of it, made 100 copies. And, you know, it's just, it's it's like it's starting to pop up and come from every corner of the world. You know, earlier in the week, I don't know if you were on the show, but we had a gentleman who just showed up out of nowhere we had no idea he was doing it and translated why is this happening to me again into dutch and so that's now on our website 
you know, the Roku group is working with uh, creating an app and, and moving uh, the work into the uh, business world more so. And, you know, it's just, it's just popping up in, in so many places. And uh, to me, the, the level of work you've done is a symbol of the critical mass that you're part of that is shifting this mind. The other thought I had as I heard Jeannie read it was, I would love to send it to Donald Trump and see if his mind, if his mind might soften because the kind of hurt you speak about there, the kind of hardness that he displays, I think comes from that exact same kind of pain. And it's just something that needs to start to crack. And thank you for opening that space. um, My pleasure. I I think, um, yeah, I had seen the movie Art Risen. Um, right. And uh, at the end of it, uh, Yeshua, you know, gives um, the you know good you know good commission to go out and and teach you know good, uh, compassion. Um yes. And so I've um, been what well, I like to call hit in the head by a lot of cosmic two by fours. <laughs> um, I think God is playing. It's having spring training with my head um, it, to kind of you know move you know moving in in that direction and you know this poem kind of you know sprang out of it and I didn't you know hear about you know a friend who attempted and I'm like that's it you know. I've had it, so that that was part of the inspiration as well. Powerful, powerful, and I want to bring in an acknowledgement for Bill Costantino, who uh, created the 30-day forgiveness process up in uh, up there in Michigan, and uh, that you were a part of. And uh, am I understanding that you're doing the second one that he's getting ready to do as well? Oh yes. Awesome. Well, thank you, Bill, for the support that you're giving to people, and uh, it's just. Um, Amazing to watch how it unfolds. It, it, it certainly is. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with us today or any questions we can answer for you, any way we can support you? Um, I, I actually have had uh, another creative uh, flow um, of a, a uh, possible book series to bring uh, the work you know, to the uh, K through five twelve. Awesome. Yeah, um, and in in owl and the elephant and the elephant kind of uh, brings the the owl through the process. So it's just kind of in in its first stormy rough drafts of a brainstorm. So. Well, I hold the space that the next time we go to Universal. Instead of Harry Potter being full, the owl and the elephant are just full of little kids, delighted, and parents learning who they are. Uh, Awesome. Yes, for sure. For sure. Very sweet. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you would email me, if you would email me a copy of that, I can't cut and paste it. And if I've got your permission, I'll be uh, putting it with whatever acknowledgement you'd like in uh, in the new version of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? Uh, yep, I'll, uh, I'll send that off to you shortly. Very sweet. Thank you. Much appreciation. Give a hug to those girls for us. Yes, God bless. All right. Take care. Lots of love. Ah, gotta breathe, gotta breathe. So, so much unnecessary suffering in the world because people don't have the tools to process the energy that has taken over the minds on our planet. And the courage to uh, to face the kind of pain that we've just had shared and to walk out the other side is monumental. And that's what we're here to support. That's the whole 
reason for doing the work. That's the whole reason for bringing it forward. So, let's say hello to Dr. Tim and see if he has anything to share with us today. Any any thoughts on uh, on Maureen's poem? I knew it would come earlier than than later today. Right in the middle of a bite of a sandwich, right? Oh no. No, right in the middle of the emotional reaction to Maureen's poem. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I, I was like, well, Jean and I decided if she wasn't available, we'll, we'll trade lines because I couldn't have read through it without, uh, without my own internal reaction and breathing through it. So it's a powerful well, gift. It's it's kind of like being asked to say something profound right after the most profound words you've heard in a long time have been uttered, and I I'm I'm without without words. To, I hear you. I can echo everything you've said. I can ask for a copy. And I'm just sitting in the gratitude of having lots of gratitude resonated right now for me. Well, that uh, that physicist from 2,000 years ago that said, "A little leavening leavens the whole loaf." Uh, I think we can be assured he was not talking about bread. He was talking about this: the work that individuals do that open the space energetically. And, you know, the fact that physicists tell us that uh, every molecule in the universe is in continuous communication with every other molecule in the universe. And the ones that communicate the most deeply are the ones that are in the deepest resonance. And Maureen, thank you for facing the level of pain, being able to verbalize it and to walk through and work through the layers of it because you communicate that possibility to every mind that's stuck in that and doesn't know where to go. And to me, that's just such a huge and monumental gift. And you don't even have to say a word. It's already done. So, And we'll just amplify it by putting it in the book, by sharing it, by passing it on. You know, it's kind of, it's to me, uh, Tim, it's, it's kind of like one of those stories you introduced from uh, the gentle art of blessing of that uh, gentleman in the concentration camps. It's just, it's on that level of profound and touching and opening. It's just amazing. Exactly. Agreed. I'm, I was thinking of that same level of story, and there have been several you know, whenever there's a horror that happens and people want to publicize the horror, I say, you know, pay attention. Watch the good that floods in thousands and millions of times over beyond the negative. And this just resonates that for me, that the good that Maureen is doing, I think it was Greg Moores who came up with a a thing he called Heart Virtue, and it's a way to help people find their purpose in life. And he had them look at their deepest pains and talk about them. The worst of the worst things that have happened to you in your life, and then just start talking to Greg about them. And when he finds that your energy is going really, really up, and you get to the point where you say, nobody should have to go through this, that's what he wants you to take and turn into your life purpose to make sure, and he wants you to name a specific number of people that you're going to help with your time, intelligence, money, and energy to make sure that that specific number of people, whether it's 5,000 or 5 million, doesn't matter. Don't have to go through that or don't have to go through that alone. Turning my pain into a blessing for myself and others, and that's what's resonated for me listening to Maureen, that she's blessing us with the blessing of love grown from the seeds of the pain she's been through. Powerful. And inspirational. 
and so it uh, it leads me to put out a message. And when I it's just the three things we've shared that have happened in the last week. The gentleman from Holland that translated the book is teaching it. Has a group of 200 people he's working with over there. The uh, the fellow at UC Davis is riding around on his bike, handing out copies of the commitment. You know, it's it's just I, I just present this to the whole audience. What can you do? What what small? It doesn't matter how small, how big a contribution it can be. What can you do to pass it on to somebody else? Do you know somebody in Lithuania? Do you know somebody in South Africa? Do you know someone? You know where? What? How can you touch someone with these tools? Gene and I took a little playtime yesterday afternoon and went to see the film Doe which is kind of interesting. It sort of reminds me a little bit. We shared a, a, a while back uh, the film uh, The Other Son, which was a story about two young men who are two babies that are born in an emergency situation during an air raid, and they get mixed up. The Arab boy is given to a, a Jewish general and his wife, and the Jewish boy is given to a fellow who's a mechan- an engineer and his wife in Palestine and in Israel. And it isn't until the boy turns 18 that they discover that uh, through genetic testing, because he's going to the military, that he cannot possibly be this general's son and all that unfolds. Just the, the humanness of it, if you haven't seen that film, definitely worth watching the other son and doe without giving too much of the story away is kind of along the same lines it's actually a uh, a jewish baker who's second generation or third generation baker and he's wanting to protect his business and he can't you know it's like things are declining and as circumstances turn out uh a young African Islamic boy ends up working with him. And their prejudices of each other, you know, you're a Jew, you can't trust a Jew. Oh, you're a Muslim, you're going to destroy me, you know. And the love and the caring is just, (laughs) you know, when we walk past the insanity we've been brainwashed with to realize that we're all the same. We're all in our roots, human. We're all made of the same stuff called love and all the rest of it dissolves in the presence of love. When we realize that, when we incarnate that in the, the challenging spaces where we live, on a day-to-day basis, that's when everything shifts and everything changes. You know, we didn't go through the whole uh, language of that song yesterday, If We Only Had Love. But uh, to recognize that the power of bringing that active presence of love into our own physiology transforms everything unlike itself. And that a whole new world arises from a mind that has been touched by that presence of being. And the words of that song go on to say, if we only have love, we can reach those in pains. Pardon me, in pain. We can heal all our wounds and use our own names, tell the truth about who we are. We can melt all the guns and then give a new world to our daughters and sons. Powerful. Neither heroes nor clowns. The whole purpose of the ancient work, many men have taken it and turned it into what it was not. And even in the cases where it's been turned into what it was not, it's still building brain cells for people And as we rewire and restructure via the active presence of love in our physiology, and this is, to me, such a key point in it, 
It's not about having a conversation about love. It's not about saying words that are loving. It's not about what the world calls being loving because all of that, you know, the the non-being mind has a cheap copy of everything that's real in the spiritual dimension. And so all of that can look very real and genuine while out the back door there's something else happening. But the, the real work is that of bringing the active presence of love into our own physiology, into this world, incarnating that actual sweet, awesome presence of love that we are that just in an instant can reorganize anything that's exposed to it. And all of the tools are about learning how to presence that active love and access the hidden parts of the mind that hold something other than that love. And when the two meet, the most magnificent transformation takes place. So that's what we're here to support you in. Jeannie, do we have anybody with a hand up in the phone queue or anything happening in the chat room? Um, no, we do not have a hand up. And chat room Light and I are talking back and forth. But I did find the thing from Carrie, if you would like for me to read it. Oh, please, go for it, yes. Okay. It says, hi, Michael. My name is Carrie, and I teach high school math at the farm school. I'm inspired to bring your piece, my commitment, quote, unquote, to share with my class tomorrow. She wrote this last night. And I'm giving a copy to every teacher at the school as a gift. If you see this note before tomorrow morning, please send your loving energy into this adventure. On another note, a friend and I say, let's see, on another note, a friend and I say it at the beginning and the end of every one of our phone calls to each other. He recently printed out 100 copies and distributed them across the UC Dave College campus on his electric unicycle. So we are spreading your wise and healing words. Thank you for them. You and they are raising the vibration of the whole planet. And she's actually living with our friends, um, Joel and Betty. Oh, okay. I'm in Tennessee. Okay. I wondered if that's where she was. That's awesome. Very cool. Yep. Yep. Hmm. And Joel, for those who are have been around for a long time, uh, or maybe a shorter time, you've heard me speak about the singing dentist. Uh, he wrote the song, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? He wrote the song that we close every intensive with, um, based in A Course in Miracles. So Joel was an early uh, um, resident at Heartland way back when, in the early days, back 1989, Joel and Betty, and uh, did a, just a, an awesome job of putting together some music based in the work and called The Singing Dentist, lives in Tennessee, moved to Nashville. When he completed his tenure at Heartland, he moved to Nashville to uh, to become a country music star. And uh, his music's kind of wending its way through the world, but uh, he hasn't uh, hasn't hit stardom yet, but uh, who knows? Could happen any time, and Jeannie tells me we've got a caller. Get my mute button off. <laughs> we actually have a couple callers. Yeah. The first awesome. one is area code seven seven five. You're on the air. Good morning, Michael. Seven seven five. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? My name's Robert. I'm calling from Totopah, Nevada, right at the moment. But I live in Pahrump, and I'm uh, I've become aware of your work through Doctor Andrecki. Awesome. And I just wanted to call up, and I wanted to listen to Doctor Andrecki for a little while yesterday, and I wanted to. Really thank you guys for all your work. Opened up new doors for me and taught me different ways to think about things, and I wanted to say thank you. Well, we say thank you for saying thank you and appreciate you doing the work and having you on the team. And any way we can support you, we're here five days a week to do that. So delighted to hear from you. Well, I'm very glad to talk to you all. And I really don't have a lot to talk about today, but I just wanted to say thank you to everybody. Have a great day. Well, you got it, you too, and any 
anywhere that even the smallest or the biggest question comes up in regard to the work, please call us and share it with us. It's a gift to the whole community when we get those those refined questions. I definitely will. Thank you very much. All right. Delight to hear from you. Blessings. Blessings. All right. Jeannie, you've got another caller. Actually, I just dropped off, so if you're still on the switchboard, if you press 1, you're next in line. I believe it was a 954 number, but they have dropped back off. Okay. And was uh, Dr. Androcki able to make it back to complete his comment from yesterday when we ran out of time so uh, uh, unceremoniously? (laughs) Dr. Androcki, if you're on, if you would press 1 on your phone, it'll throw you to the top of the switchboard. And otherwise, with no waiting, if you're on the phone and you have a question for us, something we can support you with, something to share about how you're spreading the work, how you're making it available, then please push one, and we'll be having a conversation. And the uh, the lifeblood of the show really comes from the sharing, the questions, the interaction that happens. And we have a hand. The, the live process. Let's go for it. Okay, area code 760, you're on the air. Hey, it's Anne again. Well, hey, young lady, welcome. Hey, um, I missed the first couple of minutes, but I got in as soon as Maureen started with her poem and realized what it was that was going on and where all that was coming from. And so I had to go to my little notebook, and um, I just wanted to share what resonated with me because um, it'll be worksheet. Uh, okay. And I was Good. Just, I, I want to be able to. I want to be able to. Okay, you're back. Are you still there? We're here. Go ahead. Okay. I wanted to be able to phase getting up to five worksheets a day before the summer intensive, and so I had run them off. And I was thinking, oh wow, this is. So many pages, and where am I going to get all this stuff to write about? And then I'm listening to this poem, and I go, oh, well, there's some work to do. <laughs> there's two years of work right there. <laughs> so what I realized is that, okay, back when I was doing 12-step work and in my inventory, I had put down the bullying of this young man. It was just verbal bullying, but um, calling me names. And... Um, and I was in high school, and I realized, okay, so I had pardoned him, as, you know, going through this work says, um, and several different times, actually, because it kept coming up again, and which is the why again thing. But today I realized that, okay, there was no support team for me. So that's what resonated as she was reading that. Um, the teacher was insensitive. I was under a stepfather at the time. Don't even go there to, you know, share anything with him. And my mom didn't know how to respond. So um, so there's some worksheets. So I have this big um, thing. So more lists will come out of those things. So I just wanted to share. And I just appreciate what she's done with you. I was breathing with you. I said, wow, the same time you said, wow, it was just amazing. So I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Maureen. Yeah, I join you in that. Thank you. That's uh, that's pretty powerful, pretty awesome. Yeah. And I, uh, it, you actually resonate. I was doing some research this morning and happened to come across an article on uh, Brigham Young University. And you know, when you speak of the insensitivity of uh, of the world to the plight of young people, and this particular article was highlighting that. Uh, there's a lot of pressure being put on Brigham Young University. You know, they have a, a certain standard that they want people to adhere to. And in this particular case, there was a young lady who was raped on their campus. And because she had broken one of their rules, their, their ethical rules, she became the object of the derision rather than creating a space of support and safety for that kind of insanity and abuse to be opened up in the community and you know so many uh, universities are uh, 
are just trying to shut that down because it affects their donations, it affects their registration, their reputation, and yet we need to open the world up to healing of those who would engage in the type of abusive behavior that um, that Maureen was talking about, that you were just talking about, onto and up to including things like rape that is just so rampant with the amount of alcohol being consumed on campuses and such. I mean, it's just, and, and the whole, the whole of the society needs to be reorganized around this presence of love and, and being able to create a space for healing of everyone involved. It's, it's not, you know, you know, most people because they've, are so filled with unresolved and unforgiven abuse, the first thing they want to do with an abuser is abuse them, and it just perpetrates the energy of that dynamic as opposed to, so the perpetrator needs healing. Uh, The university uh, directors and uh, staff need healing. The person who has been abused physically, mentally, emotionally, verbally, sexually, needs support for healing. And it's just, you know, the whole issue of this kind of insensitivity and abuse needs to open on our planet and to a conversation where you know the the ultimate end result right now we're you know in a presidential race where one of the candidates is about as verbally abusive as anyone could be i mean crazy another article i was reading where he's He's talking about, well, you know, in the, in the past when somebody came and protested a, a political rally like this, they'd go out in a stretcher, and I'd love to punch them in the nose. And if anybody out there punches one of these protesters in the nose, I'll, I'll pay their legal bills. It's like, you know, that, we, that, that, that this is an actual possibility that somebody who could have those kinds of words and thoughts in their minds could actually become the president of the United States. It's just unbelievable. And, and to me as an indicator of the level of healing that needs to be happened and the fact that, you know, it's opening up and is getting ready to be dealt with is pretty powerful. Wow. Am I still on? Hello. Say again. Oh, I just wanted to know if I was still on because. Oh, you, you are. Just, uh, yes. Yeah. You I have to caveat to that. You just um, gave me some more worksheets because you were, I can laugh. It's emotional and I'm sad that I can laugh because, you know, I'm getting all these answers for more worksheets. Um, but that happened to me in college. I didn't go back to college until I was older in my 40s, but I'm just looking at what I wrote before that. And so I didn't have the love and support earlier in high school, so I get to college. And, you know, alcohol was a part of me getting um, raped by several who were drunk as well. And and I didn't have the courage. I went back to the person who, where I, the house I wound up at when I woke up in the morning, but I didn't have the courage to go to the police. I went back to this person, and he goes, oh, well, we were all drunk. So that's the mentality that was going on in the yeah, in the night. okay. Yeah, so it's like, no. okay, no. so anyway, thanks for more worksheets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hold the space of uh, of touching and maybe dropping beneath that laugh into some, maybe some heavier energies that are going to need to be moved and just know that we're here to hold the space for it. And, uh, you know, it's time for this whole insanity on the planet to be cleaned out mm-hmm. and and for us all to start to function as human beings with each other. Yes, amen. Thank you. And yes, I will deal with the other emotions when I start them. Amen. Thanks. Blessings. All right. Blessings. Appreciate the call. Thanks for keeping in touch. So our calling number is 646-200-4169. And if you have a question for us, we would just be absolutely delighted to hear your voice. Jeannie, anything happening in the chat room? Anybody in the phone queue with a hand up? Uh, Light in the chat room will be contacting Maureen through uh, Facebook. Uh, She'd like to get in touch, and she actually suggested, and I think it's a good idea. We have a section of the website that's called um, Stories, Poems, 
stories, poems, and songs. And it's different things that different people have written, you know, about this work or, or their own personal involvement or some experience. And so I'm going to get permission from Maureen and put her poem out there as well. Cool. Sweet. So our calling number, 646-200-4169. If you've got a question for us, if you're on one of those stations we can't see, then if you call in and push one, we'll be having a conversation. If you're in the phone queue, then push one, and let's get with your question. How can we support you? Anything happening there, Jeannie? Nope, it's all quiet. We have 18 minutes, so we've got time. Yeah. We have time for conversation. Any other thoughts from you, Dr. Tim? Well, I... um, I, uh, My mind's racing, so I'm I'm thinking of, you know, so many people have had date rapes and, and... gang rapes and they're walking around and they're either dissociating when triggered and then walking into uh, repeat abusive situations ignoring the warning signs because they don't have the coping mechanisms or skills or tools for it Uh, and it resonated for me a big part of the discussion on Tuesday night in the group comes up time after time when we talk about love and we talk about tapping into your true nature as the essence of love and then extending that to everyone everywhere. When people first get introduced to this, they they somehow hear us saying that you have to just lay down and let people abuse you no matter what they do to you. And that's a distortion that comes from within. What we're saying is, and what part of the topic was, a, a prolonged period on Tuesday was, to identify your true nature as the energy of love and then extend that rather than saying I'm going to love myself and then love others. Identify that I am the energy of love and extend that to others. And then I can say, and I want to learn to respect myself and respect others. And if I'm going to respect myself, that means I'm going to have eyes wide open with my highest guidance alerting me to situations that might be physically harmful, emotionally abusive, etc. And I'm going to take steps to remove myself from those situations or hold people accountable for those behaviors and protect myself and others from the repetition of that kind of behavior. And, it, you know, you talk about the need to build brain cells. We have to repeat this over and over again to people. It is absolutely possible for me to set very good, strong boundaries that that are defined by what I let people know with my words and my actions is acceptable and not acceptable. And those boundaries literally increase the intimacy because they they demonstrate respect for myself and the others. These are not walls that keep people out. These are patterns of communication with word and behavior that let people know, I know my true nature is love, and I know you share that, and I'm going to act in a way that respects that for both of us. And if I see you operating from a position that clearly demonstrates you aren't acting as though you know your true nature is love, I'm going to see that as a call for help and healing, and I'm going to respect myself and not throw myself in front of you if you're a charging bull because you're you're acting from your pain or your fear. I'm not going to let others come in the harm's way if you're acting from your pain or fear. These are difficult concepts for people to wrap their mind around the first few times they get introduced to this, and it's so important to emphasize 
that identifying with my true nature and acting from that space literally gives me the best and highest perception possible, which then allows me to act in a way that keeps myself and the people around me more and more safe, far more safe and clear and loving and respectful than if I act from my own pain or fear or than if I return anger with anger. Awesome. Oh, that's what's been getting resonated for me. Right on track, right on. And uh, I think that, you know, the, the, the half of, uh, of the story is building the brain cells in the other half is the, that needs to be remembered is the forgiveness process where if there is a situation where I have unresolved pain, it's going to be difficult for me to build the brain cells or to hear something different because there, my mind is so occupied with this trauma, with this pain that's moving in me, and there's the importance of having the tools of breathing and forgiveness and uh, responsibility communication and being able to process through those things to be able to to hear them is uh, is so important. But, yeah, that uh, accountability piece is such a big one because so many people think, oh, well, uh, I guess I just – have to lay down and take it and never, never, never required. And responsibility is, uh, is a whole different state of empowerment than that one. Well, since we shared uh, Maureen's um, uh, poem, the thought came, there was another one that came to mind that was written actually a couple of years ago, and it's on the website under the stories section, Jeannie, that you were talking about, uh, from a woman named uh, Mary Jo Simpson. Uh, and she gave us permission to publish this, and it's entitled Dealing with Those I Kicked to the Curb. You looked to me to heal your pain, and that really might have been except that looking back at you was all my pain within. So on we went about our ways, as each had done before, thinking it might be different this time, and knowing there must be more. But all the stuff held deep inside, we had only rearranged, thinking it might be different this time. If only you would change. I know all this was meant to be, and all that came before was just a pathway to the hurt I could no longer ignore. I learned to breathe and go within, and even go without. I found the pain not yet revealed and gently called it out. To be swiftly healed in the presence of love, with life itself to gain. I held us tight in love and light and asked to be shown the way. So for all the mist, what might have been that used to fill my space, I want you to know things are different this time. A healing has taken place. Bringing lies and ruin out of that ruin into the presence of love is the greatest gift you can give. And those who are listening, you know more about the healing process than 99.99999% of the professionals on the planet. Pass it on. Share it with somebody. Your experience is what will open the space. It's powerful. It's a gift we can each give and each share. So we're down to about 10 minutes. Jeannie, there's got to be somebody in the chat room with something going on or somebody in that phone queue that's got their hand up waving it crazily wanting to talk. We don't have one up yet. Well, if uh, if Dr. Tim and I were in your town, Jeannie, Maureen, Mary Jo Simpson, if we were in your town and on a platform and 
and just shared what we've shared. That powerful piece on accountability that Tim shared, that dealing with those abusive youth issues, dealing with the adult issues that uh, cause us to kick each other to the curb like we're nothing but property or objects. If, if we'd have been on the stage in your local library or your local university or your local church, you'd have a question for us. If Tim walked down, if I walked down, if each person that has just spoken walked off the stage, you'd walk over to us and ask a question. Well, this is the space to ask that question. And I hear from people who say, well, you know, gee, I, my voice might be shaky. I don't, don't know that I could speak very well on the radio. We'll ask you to just take a breath and let go of that. And if your voice is shaky, that'll be perfectly fine. It's your question that's really important, not your shaky voice. And so we'd love to uh, to hear your voice and know how we can support you. Know what's happening in your world. And our call-in number if you're uh, in the chat room and you want to talk to us or you're on one of those stations that we can't see is 646-200-4169. And if you're in the phone queue and you'd like to ask a question or make a comment, if you push one through the magic of technology, that'll raise a hand in the control panel and Gene, you'll see that you want to say something. And so we'd love to hear from you. And everybody's quiet today. Oh, well. Yeah. 646-200-4169. Press 1. That lets us know that you want to talk. We have about seven minutes left, so we've got plenty of time to cover a question. I'd love to hear from you. Michael, are you still there? I am here, yes. And I was actually just looking at uh, some other uh, posts on the um, the website that um, kind of bring the tools forward in a way that uh, people can up. relate to them. Oh, okay. Let's say hello. 858, you're on the air. Who do we have? Uh, good morning, Michael and Jeannie. This is and Tim. This is uh, Paul Rupicki from San Diego. Hey, welcome, young man. Good to hear your voice. Yes, thank you. Likewise, um, it's been a very um, enlightening morning on your show. And uh, it brought to mind something I was... Um, I'd like your opinion on. I was um, uh, basically every week I have a uh, a play date with my granddaughters who live locally, and I just go over and spend two, three, four hours playing, which is very healing for me and <laughs> certainly a lot of fun uh, for them. It's wonderful to do. And uh, my oldest granddaughter just turned five on Saturday. And uh, she, w- I was playing with her, and we were playing with Legos, very small Legos, and had a set of instructions for all different kinds of things you could build with the same parts. It was very interesting. And she was adamant about not following the instructions. There were clear sets of instructions on how to build this one one thing, and and she, I suggested, you want to look at this, and you know, on the next page, and she's nope, nope. And she just several times. So I just let her go, you know, and she was looking at the picture of the completed project, you know, and figuring it out on her own. And she would get into frustration. You know, she clearly was mimicking adults somehow. I don't know that she had these behaviors that, you know, she'd shake her head, you know, and then. So it just came to me. So I just, sitting right next to her, took this deep breath and exhaled. And she did as well. And it happened a few times. And she did it sort of from the mindset of, I was watching her body language from the mindset of uh, 
frustration. Her shoulders would go down, you know, you know, just the sigh of, you know, frustration coming up. But I thought at least it's a deep breath and she's changing, you know, um, her feeling, her internal feeling at the moment. And then she was able to focus a little more and, and start again. So I wondered if you had any thoughts on, you know, she's five years old, so for guiding her further into a process of forgiveness or releasing uh, whatever is in the way there. Well, the thoughts that come for me would, first of all, would be to uh, to support her creativity and her willingness to figure it out. Mm. I think that's uh, that's powerful. And if she never did it, it wouldn't really matter. She used her creativity and uh, the power of you know understanding and, and developing that. I would think that would be pretty cool. But then, I would think seeing her and perceiving frustration, perhaps quizzing her. Gee, it looks like you're getting a little frustrated, sweetie. Uh, how about I breathe with you? And then, you know, it might be a, a nice opportunity to explain the forgiveness process in that, you know, what I've found, you know, what I grandpa found is that when I'm frustrated, mm. it's always because I've got a goal that I'm having trouble achieving. And I find that I can let go of some of that frustration just by, at least for a minute, canceling the goal. And just handing her that simple little tool to be able to, well, I cancel my goal to figure this out and then, you know, letting her know that. And once you let go of that layer of frustration, you can come right back and, you know, go to work with your creativity again. And, you know, maybe there'll be more frustration mm. that'll come up. And, you know, she's probably dealing with generational layers of frustration, uh, probably uh, a frustration that uh, somebody in her bloodline that we know and love is, is familiar with uh, <laughs> called grandpa. Sure. <laughs> and, uh-huh. uh, you know, that, uh, that, that, there you are, just right in her space. Uh, you know, to me, that would be an ideal opportunity to, you know, if she's open mm-hmm. to it, just open that up and give her that little tool and watch, uh, watch what opens. It would be pretty, pretty cool. And and uh, you might find it opens some spaces for you that you could share with her. And you know, to me, the uh, one of the most powerful uh, examples is just for for we as adults to show our vulnerability and our own weakness. And 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 show the child that it's safe to be in that, and instead of having to be perfect and have to do it right, it's just like go. Oh. And I, I think that's and, just an amazingly powerful space to uh, to share with the child. Mm-hmm. Jeannie, I was just going to say, and Maureen, who was reading the poem at the beginning of the show, she also is the one who introduced us to the Inside Out dolls. I don't know if your granddaughters have seen the movie Inside Out or are familiar with the dolls, but it's basically this work in animation, and it's like, who's running your control panel? Yes, I've seen it. I've seen the movie, but it's an excellent thought, actually. I will I will definitely bring that up um, uh, with her and her mom, uh, my daughter. Um, and what we did go, Michael, actually, I kind of naturally go with her was, you know, I let her obviously go off and create, and she's extremely, you know, she has this this drive to create. You know, for her birthday, one of the things I gave her was a puppet, you know, a rabbit puppet she could use on her hand because she likes to just create stories. And it's a constant cool. flow of one story after another. And I thought, well, okay, this is great. And we, she was. We were creating things. We just started creating things that didn't look like the picture. You know, whatever came to mind, she and I both. That's how we completed the activity, and that awesome. was fun because it was, yeah, it was extraordinary. But I appreciate the Such a, direction we bike. Yeah, so so powerful a message. Rather than making her wrong for not following directions and not getting it right, not doing it the way it is on the page. I mean, it's just you know what what awesome support. And we are down to a few seconds, so we're gonna have to let it go. But there are. Uh, these dolls available, you know, Target's got them, Walmart's got them, you can get them online. And uh, a set of those might be appropriate. And the way that I've used them with the kids is, uh, you know, gee, I see you're frustrated right now. Here's the frustration doll. Hold on to it as long as you need to, by the way. Do you notice that you have a goal that's bringing this up? And if you cancel that, then maybe you could exchange the frustration doll for the joy doll and make a shift. And, you know, there's lots of yeah. creative ways to uh, to work with those too. So in the meantime, we're down to just the last few seconds. 
Have the best year yet of your eternal life. Awesome gift to give. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael Jeannie or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org.